Hello, my name is Sandy Adamitis, the social media director for the Page International Screenwriting Awards, and your host for the Writer's Hangout, a podcast that celebrates the many stages of writing, from inspiration to the first draft, revising, getting a project made, and everything in between. We'll talk to the best and the brightest in the entertainment industry and create a space where you can hang out, learn from the pros, and have fun. And we are. Hi, I'm Sandy Adamitis. Hi, I'm Terry Sampson. Terry, how was your week? Oh, good. Was it? Yeah. Busy and lots of stuff to do. Yeah. Good. I had a great week taking care of my friends blind, cataracts blind, Uh deaf, and three-legged dog. Oh, my Yes. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> this dog is inspiring the hell out of me, I have to tell you. That is a hat trick of disability. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the dog's name is Franklin. I call him Frankie because I'm from the back east. And if we can shorten your name, yes, we will. Uh-huh. He makes me happy. He bumps into things, recalculates, wags his tail. He's happy to eat. This dog is inspiring me. Isn't that the way? Mm -hmm. It's really amazing. Okay, so I would like to dedicate this episode to Frankie. All right, Frankie, you heard it. It's all for you. Terry, today we are talking about two frustrating aspects of writing. One, procrastination. (laughs) That's all I have. (laughs) You've been putting off the second one? (laughs) I have been sitting on that joke. All week, right? (laughs) Oh, it's it's a big, heavy peach right there on that tree. (laughs) Just had to pick it. And the second, what to write about. Can we pause? I lost... One ear? One ear. Well, that wouldn't bother Frankie. (laughs) There we go. No, that wouldn't bother Frankie. You are... So right. No, okay. I'm going to be like Frank. Yep. Okay, so we're going to talk about procrastination, and we're also going to talk about what to write about. Terry, do you procrastinate? I do in some ways, but I have a trick around it. Inspired by my wife, I, got, I became a person who knew that you'd have to list some stuff to get done. I okay. want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this, that. And so the trick for not procrastinating is to do the most difficult thing first. You invert the list. That's Because in- the thing you want to do, you can leave at the end, which is more tea for Terry. That's always at the bottom of the list. Do you cross off? Do you tick? What do you do? You know, it's funny. I have to do one or the other, and it's whatever mood I happen to be in. Is there a check mark, or do I get to, to smear yeah. it off? Okay. Most writers procrastinate and then beat themselves up for not writing. You say terrible things to yourself like, if I were a real writer, I would write every day, and for eight hours straight, I must not want this bad enough, I'm a big fat failure because I didn't finish my short story, I suck as a writer. Can you think of any terrible things you might say to yourself? Uh, Do you really want to do this now? There, that's a good Because you're not acting like you should. Mm -hmm. Do you deserve this? (laughs) No. Nope. No kick for me. Okay, so 
let's stop saying mean things to ourselves. Yes. And I'd like to suggest two techniques, only two small little techniques to help stop procrastinating and write. Step one, structure. Terry, you're nodding. You Do you like that word structure? Yes. Yes, structure. Being a writer is a unique occupation. Different from a regular job, but to finish a screenplay, you need structure like a regular job. Doesn't matter where or when you write as long as you set a time and place and stick to it. Trust me, it sounds so easy, but it works. Academy Award-winning Bong Joon-ho, who wrote Parasite, had to leave home to get his work done. He says if he stayed home, he gets lazy and just falls asleep or watches television. So he goes to a coffee shop, which he says forces him to write. So he always goes to a coffee shop. Side note, was there a time when, especially in LA, you saw writers at coffee shops and they were made fun of? We don't do that any longer, right? No, I think it's funny, We've though. We've accepted that, it. Yeah, but you do notice it, and you kind of go, oh, now you expect to see it. Yes. Director-writer Gus Van Sant of Drugstore Cowboy sits in his kitchen with the view of the Hollywood Hills for three hours straight before he moves off to maybe another part of the house. Routine is a writer's best friend, so make writing a habit like brushing and flossing your teeth. Terry. Who are some famous procrastinators our listeners might be surprised to learn about? Well, here's a trio, all right? Martin Luther King as a starting guy. A, <laughs> a procrastinator. procrastinator. I know. Leonardo da Vinci. Never met him because of the nearly 4,000-year difference in our ages. But he seemed like he never stopped doing something. Everything that he has done, the first time we bring up his name, we we call him out for being a procrastinator. I think it's Bill Gates that owns a bunch of his worksheets. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And they're remarkable. (laughs) Right. They're amazingly gorgeous. Mm. Yes. Leonardo da Vinci, a procrastinator. I guess we'll just have to take the word (laughs) on the street about that one. Yes. And finally, Margaret Atwood. Martin Luther King didn't start writing his I Have a Dream speech until the night before. Wow. Really? Mm. Wow. And he was still jotting notes and crossing out lines right before he walked on stage. Wow. Because it sounds like a song. The way he said that, the the intensity and the beauty of each word uh, he chose to make a point. Yeah. In fact, uh, my mind is rolling with a couple of jokes of taking I Have a Dream and inserting a different, like... <laughs> Like, I have a nightmare, and then he crossed that out right before he walked out on stage. But I'm not going to do that. No. I'm going to respect Fair. It's so classy. Martin Luther King, because yeah. it's such a classy speech. You know, I have a headache. That's yeah. not going to work. Not going to work. No. And then you didn't say that, and that's the point. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And according to, to the account of a priest, a Leonardo would just come to the church in the morning, get on the scaffolding. And then remain there, brush in hand, from sunrise to sunset. (sighs) Forgetting to eat and drink on other days, however, nothing would be painted at all. He'd remain in front of it for one or two hours and contemplate it in solitude, examining and criticizing the figures he had already done. 
Then there were dramatic days that combined his obsessiveness and his penchant for procrastination, as if, caught by whim or passion, he would arrive suddenly in the middle of the day, climb the scaffolding, seize a brush, apply the brush stroke or two to one of the figures, and then suddenly depart. See, that seems like this guy was such a visionary, he would get to the point where he had walked to the edge of the cliff and then didn't have the next thing right. he needed to keep yes. going. And then he just said, well, I'm done then. And then he returns to the job and stares at what he left and said, oh, yeah, it should be this. I'm not going to compare myself or anybody else I know to Da Vinci, but the experience is the same. I do a crossword puzzle every morning. What I find interesting is I got to get on with my day. I'm stopping this. And when I come back, obviously have some tea so that I can think straight. It's funny that I'll get things I didn't know the next day just by showing up. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that I didn't know what that was, and I'm staring at it now. I go, really? Yeah. I know what that is now. That's the Da Vinci. Yeah. How about Margaret Atwood? Yes. Margaret Atwood describes herself as a world-class procrastinator and admits that her typical day consists of procrastinating and worrying until the afternoon. So she takes the whole morning for that. <laughs> well, good for her. And then when the stress and anxiety then forces her to write. So she, there's her system. Hmm. I'm going to feel bad at, at noon and yep. get, get on top of it. Atwood procrastinated for three years about starting her novel, The Handmaid's Tale. I thought it was just too far-fetched. And Margaret wants everyone to know that despite her lazy tendencies, she never misses a deadline. Oh. Very so important. This is a gear shift thing for her. She goes, I'm not doing this. I'm not. I know. I must do this. I, okay, fifth gear. Here I go. Yes. That's, that's exactly. her method. Okay. Yes. Good for her. Now, I'd like to add, being a procrastinator isn't all bad and fatal. In fact, procrastination, as we learned with uh, Da Vinci, gives you time to think about something different, different angles, discover unexpected story points. Again, do not beat yourself up. If you're going to take anything away from this episode is just free your mind of beating yourself up. Enough people do that for us. Here's a here's a joke for artists in Da Vinci. So okay. Da Vinci would show up and goes, oh, I can't paint a guy's hand. The hand is the hard thing to paint. That's a joke only for artists. Oh. Yeah, it's hard to paint a hand. It is. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm picturing that he's up on that and he's got 10 people going, none of them have hands. <laughs> He's just going like, Thursday's going to be bad, man. <laughs> Fingernails, knuckles. <laughs> oh, my God. He did it, though. Oh, It didn't my stop goodness. him. It didn't stop no. him. Okay. This is the second part of how to beat procrastination. Step two, and the last one, goals. Set a goal for yourself. Okay. Let's say I have to write a song. Yeah, th this is a good one. This caused me a, a writer's block of four months. I said, it's time for me to write a song. That is not the right way to go in on this. Right. So it's uh, fooling around with the piano. Mm -hmm. So you open and your brain goes, hey, what about a song like? And that's when you start. 
Right. Then you can start and everything. So if you go to sit down at a piano and you say, I have to write something. That exactly does, that, what I'm going to say next. It's just in different words. Aiming too high. Right. You are going to sit down. I'm going to write a great song. <laughs> just you're going to aim too high. So when you're setting a goal for your writing schedule, let's not aim too high. Say your writing day is Tuesday, you get home early from work, no one else is at home, you slip into your writing nook, you're excited and ready to create. Next step, give yourself a page count goal. Terry, how many pages should a writer write in one writing session? I say five. I like that. I I think that's a good one. Okay, here's a foolproof formula. Pick a number that you honestly feel like you can do and cut it in half. So two and a half. (laughs) Two and a half for you. You're laughing. Yes. I said cut it in half. Set manageable goals and take the win. Take the dopamine. And if you feel like writing more, go ahead. More dopamine for you. But my angle on it is to write. I certainly have some kind of idea on where this thing is going. And when the end of that idea is there, that's when I stop. And it's the beautiful time to go back and clean things up, Mm -hmm. which is another 45 minutes of writing if you're me. Exactly. Yeah. So set a writing schedule. Stick to it. You know, the old saying, just sit down. You don't have to write, but... Give yourself a schedule just like a job and then set realistic goals. Another, you know, you don't have to do page count. Another way you can do this is you can set a timer, set it for 10, 20, 30 minutes and write till the timer goes off. Reset the timer and keep going if you are up for it. So say you have blocked off three hours every Friday night to write. You're a loser. (laughs) And you have no friends. Set the timer for 30 minutes. If you write for 30 minutes, then decide to go play Wordle. Go ahead. You've got two and a half more hours. Play Wordle. Do a crossword puzzle. But you wrote for 30 minutes. And another great thing to do do is just celebrate. Again, take the win. Hop on social media and post your achievement. Terry, on our socials, we have such wonderful writers. They read each other. They support their accomplishments. Most importantly, our writers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook help you when you're feeling down or have a question. I'll put the links to all our social medias in the show notes. That sounds like a great source of keep to keep going. I'm amazed by the writers, our writers out there, and how supportive they are of each other. And they've gotten to know each other from all different parts of the world. And you just jump in, make a comment on something I post, and trust me, somebody will come along. And nobody's mean. Nobody's saying hateful things to each other. Terry, what have some successful screenwriters said about page count goals? Well, there's screenwriter Akiva Goldsman, who wrote The Client and Batman Forever, says, when I'm laying down the first draft, I try to write 10 pages per day, and then it's a matter of hours like a regular job. Ah, there we go. Regular job. There it is. 
I generally don't write at night and on weekends because the danger of writing is that you could be doing it anytime. So unless you build rules, you're never free of it. I love that. Yeah. Because there's that saying, uh, a screenwriter, a writer's work is never done. They always have homework, blah, blah, blah. But not if you set a schedule. And it makes the rhythm of working and not working, it's important to keep it. Steven D'Souza of Die Hard fame says, I give myself a quota. I'll tell myself I'll write six pages a day, every day. Sometimes I slip up and write four or five, but then I catch up the next week and I do this until I'm done. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a little goal. I like that he can break it because sometimes you're just done. Leslie Dixon, who wrote Mrs. Doubtfire, says, I try to assign myself a certain amount of pages. And if I do achieve that goal and it's really quite solid, I will knock off a little early. I like her style. Yep. She gives herself a little present. Celebrates. That's right. Okay, writers, you have a writing schedule and a page count goal. What do you write your screenplay about? Dun, dun, dun. Unless you are working on an assigned script or an adaption or a television series, you, the writer, are solely responsible for deciding what to write. A blessing and a curse. Terry, this next part is something I call... The Sometimes Corner. Can I have a little theme music to a Sometimes Corner? Sometimes having the responsibility solely on your shoulders can shut you down and you end up frozen, never to thaw out. Sometimes an idea will pop into your head and your gut, head, and heart will all scream, By Joe, I've got it! You become consumed by that one idea and nothing can stop you. Sometimes your first screenplay is an idea you have been ruminating on for years. You get it all down and you finish your first screenplay. You start sending it out for notes and now it's time to write your next script. You jot down a couple of ideas and nothing sparks. Months go by and the agent you sent your script to for representation wants to see something else you have written. Now there is so much pressure to develop a super duper idea that you give up writing and go live in a van down by the river. Are you stressed, Terry? (laughs) Horribly stressed. Writers, let's not do that. (laughs) When ruminating on your next project, here are a couple of tips. Pick one today. Finish listening to this podcast, like and follow, clear your mind by writing us a fabulous review, then write down the premise of each of your story ideas on a piece of paper. Don't type it if possible. Write it by hand. Write down images, dialogue, characters, and anything you think of, do not judge yourself. Which story feels right? Which story has legs? And which idea doesn't feel right? The story you have a connection with, the one that brings up feels, start writing that one. Finish it as fast as you can and worry about making it great later. Boom goes the dynamite. Thank me in your Oscar speech. (laughs) 
John August, a screenwriter, director, producer known for writing Go, Charlie's Angels, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He has a wonderful podcast called Script Notes and a blog with a plethora of good stuff for screenwriters of all levels. Terry, will you read this question from a writer to John August that is on his website, please? I know you have addressed this type of question to a certain extent, but I was left wanting more of an explanation I hope you can provide. I have four ideas in my head for four different stories. When I start working on one, I think I'm making a mistake and I should concentrate on another one. I will then switch, and after a bit of time, I feel the same way that made me move to this story. When you have multiple ideas and aren't certain which idea is the right one to focus on, how do you resolve that? And it was assigned to Kaz. This is John August's response. This will never end. (laughs) It will continue to be a problem as long as you write. I'm certain that Stephen King, even after umpteen books, wrestles with this very problem. In fact, his proficiency might be a coping strategy rather than decide which thing to write. He just writes them all. (laughs) At this moment, there are no less than 15 projects competing for brain share in my head. Five of these are things I'm contracted to write, while the other ten or so are old ideas, recent ideas, or things that just occur to me as I walk up the stairs to my office. Which projects do I write? Well, I should write the ones that I'm being paid to write. (laughs) Excellent idea there. Yes. (laughs) And more specifically, I should work on the one that is due next, of course. So I spend the bulk of my writing time on the project with the nearest deadline. Honestly, that may not be the project that excites me the most at any given moment, but I'm getting paid to do my craft, so I'm certainly not going to complain. But what about those other projects, the ones I'm not currently writing? They're battling it out in my subconscious, even trying to get my attention long enough that I'll recognize how worthy it is. Sometimes they'll even gang up on me, The nines was three separate ideas that conspired to fit together. Some old ideas get written this way. Others simply recede so far back they're nearly forgotten. That's okay. Not going to become best friends with every nice person you meet. You're not going to write every good idea you have. In some cases, simple timing makes a new project suddenly possible. For the Alaska pilot, I pitched it to the network within a week of having the idea. The remnants was possibly only because the WGA strike meant I could work on any of my real stuff. If you have four ideas, all equally viable, I'd recommend writing the one that has the best ending. That's the one you've thought through the most and the one you're least likely to abandon midway. But whatever you do, just pick one and write it without delay. If you have great ideas for your other projects, absolutely take some notes, but don't switch. Finish what you're doing, or you'll have a folder full of first acts. Terry, what do you think of these techniques? It's like a closet full of shoes. Some are going to work great for you. Slip them on, get right into it. Others will be waiting there. (laughs) I like that. I like the shoes. Also, some shoes don't feel comfortable. At first. You're not used to walking in heels. That's true. 
you're not used to taking your passion and setting a schedule around it. Yeah, the people at the office will be confused when you say, I can't write this, I have blisters. But other than that, (laughs) the shoe thing works pretty well. Well, it's time to end the episode, but I procrastinated (laughs) and I didn't come up with an ending. I'm a bad podcaster. (laughs) I don't want this bad enough. Actually, I'm just going to throw it to you. Take us home, Terry. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on this week's beautiful Writer's Hangout. That's a wrap for the Writer's Hangout. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and thrive. Till we get to hang out again, keep writing. The world needs your stories. The Writer's Hangout is sponsored by the Page International Screenwriting Awards. Executive producer, Kristen O'Vern. Producers, Terry Sampson and Sandy Adamitis. Music by Ethan Stoller.